Spaceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hi, John. I got it right this time. You did. I'm Good very job. proud of myself. Nice. It's Iceman. Well done. Plural. Episode 61. We're doing we it. Finally made it. We're doing it now. Are John, we, how are you doing? Good. Dan, how are you doing? Great. Tom, how are you? I'm I am present and I'm I'm well. Good. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. We're excited today. We've got a guest at the table. Yes. This doesn't happen very often. No, I really like having people in studio. In versus... studio, it's great. It's it is. Uh... It's superior. Well, we'll see. It's <laughs> be- it's better usually. <laughs> we can actually look them in the eyes, and we don't have to wait for the phone delay and <laughs> FaceTime. And so we are joined today by Todd Hesse. He's the owner of Formula Propeller and TC Winter. What is it again? Services. Winter Services. So I, most of the people listening, I'm sure, would know you mostly from Formula Propeller. Um, you and I know each other from high school, but grade school, grade school. Did you go to Oakview too? Yep. All right. Grade school. Did you go to Winneka? No. You moved in then. We did. Yep. Yeah. We went to a bunch Fifth of Catholic grade or schools. Sixth. sixth grade. Yep. Yeah. So I think we were fourth. So, well, this is exciting. So yeah, we've known each other for a long time and Todd's been part of the fishing industry forever. Your old man, was he a professional bass fisherman? Uh, No. Wasn't he? Okay, I just ran bass tournaments, kind of brought the competitive fishing and marketing of companies together. Sure. And used fishing as a way to market companies. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember we used to get off at the same bus stop, and your old man used to always have the bass uh, boat on the garage or in the, in the yard or whatever. Is I'm that like, where you got this whole obsession with bass fishing from? No, I never bass fished in my, by that, at that point, no, I never oh. was fishing. I thought this was like one of those pipe dreams because that's where I got my race car fantasy thing. I remember seeing the boat in the driveway and being like, that is a weird looking boat. You know, bass boats are weird looking. They don't look like. And back then they were probably a little, not as status quo as they are now. Oh, yeah. It was still kind of status quo, right? You had a 150 on the back of an 18 foot boat at the time. and A gambler. What kind of boat was it? Rangers, Rangers, champions and Rangers. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that boat and being like, that is something weird's going on in that boat. I still have never fished out of a bass boat. They are a very different feel. It's very stable, but very, very low to the water. What are you running now? I saw it in your garage or in your shop. We got a skeeter. Yeah, big boat, big old boat. It's orange. Yeah. Skeeter bass boat or a skeeter like? Yeah. Okay. Sunboy likes orange, so. When I seen the orange one, gotta go for it. We bought it. I've had uh, quite a bit of work and more work to come at uh, Formula Prop. John, you need to talk to Formula Prop. I do need to talk to Formula Prop. I still have a very kind of a weird hiccup with my prop. What did you say was wrong with it? You think it's the wrong pitch? I think it's. I think the pitch that's marked on the prop is not the pitch that the prop is on a on a stainless prop. Yes, I just I don't understand. I don't understand the the. I understand a little bit about props. Here's what I understand. I'll tell you what I understand. So the pitch is the number of inches of water the prop blades travel. And the degree in which the blade is molded. Yes. So if I go more pitch, I should travel faster. But your RPMs go down. Yes. But my RPMs go the opposite way. So you you should start a prop shop. No, he does not. Need you know plenty. No, I don't know. The, the problem is, so I have a 19 pitch aluminum and I get 41 miles an hour. I have a 21 pitch stainless. I can get 36 miles an hour, 
but I get worse hole shot with the stainless, but no flex, but the aluminum might get way better hole shot, which does make sense. But it's like, I can't get to the desired RPM that I want unless I run the aluminum in the middle of the summer. Are the RPMs lower with the stainless? No, I just get less speed. So that's why I'm like, is my pitch off? Is it really a 17 pitch or an 18 pitch? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just want someone to look at it that's smarter than me. Isn't I, the pitch stamped into the mold? Yeah, but I didn't buy a brand. I got a demo. We'll prop. look at it. Yeah. We'll get it handled. It sounds like there's something weird yeah. going on there. I just, just my, it's just my luck. User error. Yeah. I know the prop that came on mine is like an all-around prop, and it was, um, it doesn't get max RPM. So I think I, I top out at like 54, 5,500 RPM, and I think it maxes at like 59. Yeah, but do you want to be closer. Oh, okay. Of course, that's on the that's on the analog tachometer, which who knows how accurate that is. Close enough. Yeah, mine, mine. I'm supposed to max out at like six, and I get to like fifty two with the stainless. And is there such 50, a thing? five with the aluminum. Is there such a thing as a? Oh, you said the RPMs weren't lower. It's like I now mean, we're three hundred lower. No, 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 fifty lower. It's like super neg- negligible. I wrote it all down. I can show you. It's all in the boat. But I'm just going to take off the props and be like, are these pitches different? Because they look, well, they look the same. Other than one's shiny and one's not. I just like stainless, but okay, sorry. Is there such a thing as an adjustable prop? There used to be. I think there still are some, but. Is it just too much much mechanical work going into them? Where? It'd be like Dan hitting his prop against rocks. They'd be real adjustable. So we had a guy. <laughs> fixed a few of my props. So we had a guy. Um, do you remember Cassette? Was it Justin Cassette? He was a it couple years younger like, than sounds us. sounds familiar. Well, his uncle was designing a multi or a pitch changing propeller for like 50 and 60 horse stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had it. But then boats got bigger and horsepowers went up. And then it was gone. Well, it would be easy to... So the market left. It'd like, probably be easy to overspeed it or overpower your... So it would start. So the only way to have a pitch-changing propeller like that is if it's drastic. So it would start at like eight or nine. And then when you came on plane, it would... The blades would open up and go to a 14 or 15. Was it automatic? Yeah. It would automatically do it? It was like on springs and there was a hole in the side where the blade would go through the barrel on, with a hole. I fly airplanes and they, you know, they have, they call, they call it a constant speed prop where you can change the pitch of the prop. So I was curious if the, if it was the same thing. Is that to just bone. like, so if you're flying it, you can jump out and change it quick if stuff isn't right. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no, it's, it's all inside. Oh, it's, I didn't know if it was like, cause you, did you like, think you, he was serious. No, no, no. Like a <laughs> propeller that changes the pitch would, fly a little slower but a better fuel economy it's, or something it's like better that. efficiency at cruise you know you you're taking a bigger slice of air but but you have a lower rpm setting obviously so you're you're not you're not creating as much thrust so you can once once you get up to cruise then you can bring, open it up bring the rpms down and then and then bring the the pitch of the prop more aggressive so that you're oh yeah so a short runways so you I'll, could tune it Always when you're taking off, it's you're always Flatter. at the you're always at the flattest yep. and highest RPM. 
and then once you once you reach cruise, then you're then you're uh, increasing yep. it. That'd be a really cool thing for boats. And then also you can, if you have, if your engine goes out, then you can completely feather the prop so that it's not creating drag. Nothing better than a engine that's out. Um, this is why I'm not flying flying with you. Why? Actually, I just booked a flight. I'm booking a flight soon, so I Did have to. Did you fly in high school? No, I was in the aviation class, and I got like a D plus in it. I was like, I guess I'm not going to be a pilot. And all we did in that class was the flight simulator. Yeah, we and did. Somehow we I got the, a D like, plus enter button, thing. and we went to yeah. like you probably see had, who could get to the highest. They probably they had some turned it into a math class. Yeah, they had was, some math and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. They anything. had some math and stuff. I can see why Dan failed. <laughs> so I was a scholar student, yeah. and they put two other super scholars in this Cessna, and we flew. I remember, so I missed the day of flying and they gave me a coupon to go to the Crystal Airport. Yeah, the coupon. And I brought it down there and the guy's like, this is like nine months expired. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and he's like, I'm flying a flying cloud. Hop in the back. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So you could take a, you could go on a trick plane. Yep. Or you could go on like a Cessna 182 or something, a four seater. So it was me and like the other two most troubled students and district 279 and that's does scholar mean troubled no we were <laughs> i think scholar means sarcastic yeah <laughs> so we did both you got to do both places yeah. well no. we went in the cessna and we were like tricksters over blaine at the oh. same time and <laughs> well if Tom's you were, a really good pilot if you were in a 182 then you probably saw a constant speed prop with the it's got the little blue handle blue knob that's what adjusts the pitch of the prop I just wanted to get back to the ground because <laughs> I'm with you there. Like this we sim- were like, this is way different than the simulator. Yeah, we were like 18, and we got up above our old shop in Brooklyn Park there, and we left Crystal, and the plane dropped like I don't know, felt like 600 feet. It was probably three. <laughs> it's probably more like 50, not, not even 10 feet. You get a Those little turbulence. Planes, flying in a small plane is like riding on the cheapest sled down the hill. You feel all the bumps. I forget what this one is. We leave out a flying cloud in something with like Mercedes Benz motors on it or something. That thing's sweet. You you fly on that? I ride. Nice. These dudes in the front listen to XM radio and. <laughs> what do you fly on I that for? I think the Garmin flies. Is it, just it. For, is it for fun or do you travel on it? No, we go up on a fishing trip up in oh, Canada. Oh, sure. Is it a multi-engine? Oh yeah, one on each side. King Air, probably King, a King Air. Yeah, probably a King Air. It's a yeah. King Air out of Executive Aviation. Um, flying Cloud. It's out of his own hangar. Do you know who the pilot is? Yeah, we won't talk about it. All right, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that sounds like a spicy story. Controversy. That's awesome. I've always wanted to do a flying. <clears throat> it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Tom, you should get your uh, float plane endorsement. Yeah. I'll fly in a float plane. That's so much more dangerous. Why would you choose to do that? Because <laughs> if we crash, you crash into a lake. And so like you a, drowned? Yeah. Water's I'd, super soft. <laughs> I'd rather drown. At, at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. I've went tubing. It's totally fine. No, if you get a, you should get a flow plane endorsement. Do that instead of tail wing or tail tail uh, wheel. Tail wheel. Can we talk about fishing now? Maybe someday. I this, want to talk this about whole, fishing. This whole prop thing has got my brain totally We should racked. troll in a float plane. Dude, can you imagine that? Be awesome. You heard about the guy who landed on on uh, lower red in his float plane. 
started started fishing off of his pontoon, lo- landed in Lower Red, started fishing off his pontoon, and they came out and confiscated his plane. Yeah, you can't. Well, how would you? Would you miss Upper Red? I don't know. He was he was dumb and landed on tribal land, and they came out and took all of his fishing gear and confiscated his plane, and that was it. Wouldn't you just hop back in your plane and try to fly away? Yeah, I think he called his insurance company. <laughs> I, and I don't know what the exact circumstances were, but they came out there and they took his plane away, arrested yeah. him. Don't uh, don't mess with that. No. When you're when you're out there on Upper Red and you see that big line in the middle of your graph, <laughs> don't cross that line. <laughs> Where there's no more Navionics. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, apparently there's no markings over that's, here. That's where the Earth I've ends. never even got a fish mark on red before. Seriously? I right. refuse to go back. Red in the summer, I've done okay. In the winter, it's usually a zoo. They're still, they, they're on the, the crappie right now in red. They're, I've heard about this crappie bite, and I've seen a lot of pictures. It sounds like it's starting to become, like it's coming back. I don't know what that means for the walleye population, though. Mm-hmm. There are people are catching walleye up there. Yeah. Maybe they can coexist. Maybe if they just don't over harvest. That'd be all right. Maybe. Episode 62. Over harvest. Yes. Our whole state is over harvesting. <laughs> okay. I do have a couple prop questions more than my first one. Well, that one said- walleye I had just seen that got released. Yes. <laughs> I had a customer. I, I will tell it now because this is a, no, it, like the customer sends me a picture of a wallet on the ice. So like, oh, sweet. Look at this. I released this wallet. The next picture is in his house and the wallet is like got a blood trail. Not like ice house. Like no, his like living in his room. Living his room. Living yeah, his room. Living he's room. got his shoes off and he's on carpet. And I'm like, there's no way he released this fish ever. His no wife's way. got the shampooer out or the carpet cleaning thing. He for released, the it, he released it into the bathtub. That's it was hilarious. not alive. There was no way. It was a big wall. I mean, it was a bigger walleye, 26, 27-ish. That was my best guess, but it was dead. It was a big dead fish. What do you do at that point? Take it home and eat it. Well, don't tell me you released it. Would you release it in the sewer? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird part. Or maybe he's releasing into the grease. All right, what's your... Uh, I think you're hostile about the snow coming. I, I think I he be. was just trying to get you to laugh. Maybe. Could be. You like when it snows, don't you, Todd? Me? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Snow's good for you. Okay. The new props, the, the, whatever the magic chef slicer prop was it called called? a Votas or something like that. So that's been out for a few years. I've seen that. Is that the one that's got like the, it's like, yeah, like a helix. look. It looks like a magic chef. It's called the Shero. Yep. So why? No idea. $5,000 prop. Yep. No idea. Okay. Well, that ends my discussion of looking at one of those. I looked so at you don't like, have you haven't seen them. You don't have them. In I the have shop? seen them, and I seen it two or three years ago. I seen a picture of one. Yeah, the guy initially did it like he CNC'd the whole thing. Yeah, and now they've got like a production model, a CNC'd prop. I would cry when I smoke a rock with that. Well, they're five thousand dollars. I know, but can you imagine the CNC version versus like a probably a, I don't know if they maybe cast that and then machine it. I don't know, like a billet prop. It, I mean, I'm it, sure it was a pro, just a prototype, right? Yeah. Like, did you, did you, did you cry you when you story? snap one of your prototype rods? Absolutely. I cry every time I snap a rod. Did you read the story behind it? Like how he came up with the design? Dan, my ADD did not let me read the whole story. So I just saw this $5,000 prop. I was like, this is cool. It's actually really fascinating. So the guy was a, was a, uh, um, a videographer and he was having trouble on, sh- on location shoots with having um, drones that were too loud. You know, because drone 
drone propellers are quite noisy. Yeah, they have that like whir. Yeah, and so it was ruining shots. So he set out to invent a drone propeller that was quieter. And that's where he came up with that Shero design. And then after testing it, he found out, well, my drone batteries last longer. They fly faster. The, they're silent, essentially. And then he started thinking, well, what other applications could this work in? And he thought, well, maybe it would work on a boat. And it seems like all the testing that you hear about it is they're a lot quieter. If they're faster, then they're better fuel economy. That's a king air. Beautiful plane. ADD. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You focused on that a long time. Yeah, that was my, I, I didn't even know what you were looking at. I was like, what's that? <laughs> but it's it's fascinating how, like, $5,000 for a prop. Cessna Citation. So much money, right? But then. I think it's too much for the average person. I think if you get down into Florida and you're talking about multi-engine center consoles and we're two, three. Eight million dollars for a boat. I don't think the guy cares about a five thousand dollar prop. Yeah, that could be a great. And application. if it pushes the boat, you know. Well, in Florida, it's a, I learned Florida like the boating industry is very, very different than ours. Ours is like we think, you know, putting two hundred hours on a boat a year. Oh, you did great. You had a busy year. Those guys put on two thousand hours. I mean, it's like a commuter vehicle for them. Florida is the king. Yeah, I mean, of I, I just boats. I watched some videos of guys having 25,000 hour overhauls. I'm thinking that's like 70 years for me. Like there's no <laughs> way I'd ever, ever could get that many hours on my boat. I think I saw that those things are max efficient around 200 horsepower. Like that's where they, that's where they shine as far as their benefits. So if you had a, you know, a fishing charter boat down there that had a couple of 200s on it, why not? Right. If you're going to spend 30 grand a year in fuel, and you can save 30% by having this prop on. Yeah, two, three years, and you pay for your investment. Paid off. You're not going to hit rocks out there. You would. Unless you really screwed something up in you the would. ocean. You'd hit coral or something. Then you really did it wrong. <laughs> if you're hitting coral cor coral in a in an ocean charter boat, you might not have your captain license too long. Well, I've seen weirder things. I bet you've seen some hilariously bad props. We've seen a bunch. Do you have a wall of shame? We have we have a wall of shame at the shop here now. So we've moved a few times. It's probably hard to follow us at this point, but we did, yes. Yeah, because there's got to be some that, like, they're missing all the blades or something. I bet yeah. it'd be funnier to have, be missing, like, one of them. And the have rest like, just perfect? Yeah. <laughs> like the worst? <laughs> I remember the one that was always the worst. It was everybody. 694, the Mississippi River. There's that landing down there. Mm -hmm. Well, people see the boat access and they think they can put in and just go. <laughs> there's nothing no, north there's... of that bridge has water that's all the way to the Coon Rapids Dam. So no. they don't get very far. No, yeah. isn't it like inches deep? Yeah. You can go south, Boom Island and stuff, but north is not good. But you don't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. I think rivers, that rivers seem to be the <coughs> fish... Fishing lure grabbers, prop ender type waters for me. River fishing's fun. It's just, it's very different. It's very GPS different. has hurt us. It's hurt your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People know yeah. where the obstacles are. Yeah. Although last year was a low water year, so you probably appreciated that. Yeah, it'll be up again this yeah. year, normal pool. <laughs> I, I've witnessed someone even with a GPS run over a sandbar. 
at full throttle. That was your fault, Judd. Well, it's not that my fault. That was your fault. Was it Dan? <laughs> we were up on goal and John I was thought, navigating and I'm like, I don't know what, the GPS I, was like, I don't know side. where I am or what I'm doing. You're like, go that way. And so I'm flying like 45 miles an hour. Did you drive over the point? No, I drove, I drove over a whole sandbar. Squaw Point though? The oh, it's, it's in the upper, it's it was the upper the, part of goal. Up in the upper chain oh. on a small little narrow section. It wasn't sand. It was, it was, well, if it was sand, we didn't hit any. I said it was sand, but you just amazingly apparently ground up a whole new channel. I'm fishing that now. <laughs> we were on plane. There was nothing in the water. <laughs> it was, I no, look over, it was no joke. I look dude. over and the buoy is like 80 yards to my right. I'm like, oh my, what are you doing, John? He looked at me. He was like, I thought you do. Yeah. I, I literally <laughs> thought he'd been on the lake before and I just shrugged my shoulder. I thought you'd go through the red and green buoys like everybody else does. I was like, I've told you a hundred times. I don't know where I am. What are you? You're... I was like, you have a GPS in a 12 I inch. I moved those buoys. I told you GPS <laughs> has hurt our business. I dragged the buoys around. Just that's your side business? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll set the buoys for you. Yeah. Yeah. Puts them on the sandbar. Everybody goes through and there's a little post-it note card. Please uh, contact Formula One yeah. Prop for all no, your prop this needs. This buoy is sponsored by Formula Prop. Yeah. <laughs> there are part. There are lakes that seem to claim more props than other. Does Minnetonka keep you guys in business? I mean, just or is there like a certain body of water that always is eating props? The landing at Medicine Lake is pretty solid. Yes, I've hit there before. Yep. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Yep. Fish Lake and Maple Grove. The one side of that, I don't know if it's fixed now, but the one side of that one was really bad too. Yeah, medicine is medicine chewed up. That's where Mickey broke the skag on, on the bayliner. Mm. When you hit a prop really hard, does it I mean with new prop technology, do those hubs save your lower unit most of the time? Or I mean I always wondered about that because I've had people where they smoke something like on the hub's Pelican. never really been a slip. A grandpa shear pin would break. Yeah. The hub is more of a way to get a wheel to a spline. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if they had like... I remember There's rubber in there, but that rubber is larger than the hole that it gets pressed into. Okay. It's funneled in. So it's just a... It's a way to get the wheel to a spline. Gotcha. And now they're plastic and square, most of them. Uh, Atwood designed that back in the late 90s for Mercury or Brunswick. And then everybody tried their own universal hub and realized they can't. Can't make a better mousetrap. Pretty much. And you can't, you know, you got Merc Cruiser, you got Mercury. There's just too many of them, and they're the king of the water. So we'll just pay the royalties and go square. So I know Avernude has their own style of square, but uh, it's just the same thing. I mean, they are a little bit easier, I would say, on lower units with the plastic and being able to crack versus being more rigid, but it's more or less a way to get a wheel to a spline. Gotcha. I was always curious if you smoked one, could you break the internal hub? Yep. But I'm sure you could break a lot of stuff. Yep. Dan, we should try it in your boat. <laughs> no thanks. We should get one of them new props and just go send just it. Just go share see what yeah. happens. Maybe, maybe those things are, maybe they don't break. Who knows? For 5K? I'm pretty sure. If My thing hit. is, how do you fix them? So when I fix a prop. Yeah, well, what, what is the process of fixing? We'll say an aluminum prop because. It's, so you have the pitch of the prop and then you have all these cast iron fixtures. Okay. Which like are the inverted music. side. 
and you straighten the prop into that fixture and then add weld where need be. And then shape and... Yep, shape and balance and either paint or polish. Mm. How do you... Because if how do you fix that when if it's, they're machined? You really, I mean, you break a say a bottom because basically, I mean, for the users, it's it's a propeller with a outer circle, right? Yep. In, yeah. In layman's terms, but if you broke one of the outer circle pieces, you'd have to like reweld that in, and somehow, oh my, it would be a nightmare. You would have to have a really interesting contraption in your in your shop to fix that. I mean, how do you fix a stainless prop? You can't really bang those back. I suppose place. it could be like an anvil tip because we use anvils, but you could take an anvil that was that shape and then put the prop over that part of the anvil until it was formed around it. The grinding's not, the finishing process is not going to be fun. No, because no. it's all, it's not a flat blade. It's intricate and got little corners and yep. stuff. Well, I'm sure that it's Which not all too far from finding out. Yeah. yeah. So, there, so, someone's <laughs> going to buy them. They're being talked about. Somebody's going to smoke a rock. Of course. Derek Olson just texted me the other day a picture of it and asked me Did if he? I had heard anything about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've got, from our old boat, we had a Bayliner with a 135 Merc Cruiser. And I've got two props that are left over from that that are just pretty much trashed. A three blade and a four blade. And I don't know what to do with them now. Should I, would, if you were me, would you hang on to him as spare props for the boat I have? There's not much left of them, you said? I mean, no, they're not in awful shape, but they're, they're not in great shape either. Yeah, they'll fit on your Mercury now. Suzuki. Suzuki. Is that no problem? Okay. All right. I mean, I was like, I don't know what to do with these. I'm or just, that they're just sitting in my garage. Can you bring down every other week? You can just put it in there and get, rid of, get them out of your garage. Perfect. I'm coming back, too. I got, I got some stuff I need you to do, some rigging. Did mom and dad jam out or what? Yeah, they're down. They're down in uh, Texas. They, they uh, just so, jamming out. Yeah. So Todd uh, did the the radio in dad's boat. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I I was like, okay, thanks. You know, and, you know, I went to pick it up, and I never can get there during business hours. So he's like, I got it parked outside. By the way, your dad's uh, uh, wheel bearing is the worst thing I've ever seen. If he tries to drive to Texas, it's definitely not going to make it. So what did he do? <laughs> did the place in St. Cloud fix like, it? Great. Uh, his neighbor came over and put in a bearing buddy, so they just went and bought one. Did it make it down there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're down there. You should have seen the trailer he used to have. He had to have two spare tires. <laughs> That's how good that other trailer was. Sounds like my buddy Tiny. I just talked to him. He said he ripped some wires out of his fish finder, and he wants you to fix it when you're down there. He found him. He found him. He was able to put him back in. Oh, he ripped some wires. Yeah. Doesn't he have the little plug-in, like... To make the hummingbird all work. So he, we went from a Lowrance. <laughs> like I, th there's a le legitimate like plug that I have uh, for everything because all my shit, all my stuff's rigged up exactly. So the his same. boat was all. I mean, it's a used boat. It's 2008. It's a, or 2003. So he had a like a terrible Lowrance in it, and I wanted to put a GPS on there. I wanted to get the Helix Five for him, and we went to to install it, and it was him and I in his driveway, and the wiring harness was so convoluted and confusing and we couldn't find where the ends were and neither of us know what the hell we're doing we ended up splicing it to like a ethernet cable it was oh. like the jankiest thing you could do turned on he doesn't care this is why dan's so not just the right people to rig a boat are the ones that don't know what the hell they're doing <laughs> it turned on yeah i assume 
He loves the radio. He loves the radio, although he doesn't have any idea how to hook his phone up to it. Perfect. Yeah. But it's in there. It's in there. You can teach him when you get down there. I know. That's the. That's is what he is keeps it a Bluetooth me. radio? I should ask that. Yeah, it is. He oh. wanted a CD radio. And I'm like, dude, you're going to be on the golf. You want a CD radio on that thing? That's what I would. I wouldn't want an A track. <laughs> At least it wouldn't skip. Yep. CDs do skip. CDs skip bad. Yeah, especially in a boat. It's like, you're like, what is going on? Oh, it's because it's getting jostled on yeah, the you fixed his, uh you fixed his, his uh, uh, foot pedal for his old power drive. Did the radio. Okay, how'd you fix the power drive thing? And do you got to pull them apart and fix the little stupid copper cups on those things? Because that's what I had to do with my pedal the last time. Squirrel. What? Squirrel. Squirrel what? <laughs> He's calling you. You have ADHD. I don't have ADHD. So we... <laughs> <laughs> Both of you do. This is awesome. Yeah, this is I so love good. watching this. I this feel like, like I'm in class. About what? What's that? <laughs> Episode 62. That's what I had pork chops for dinner. <laughs> Speaking of... So total, the foot pedal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Stick on point. This is your so question. So which Minn Kota? The, the original power drive. Yeah, we fix them. Yeah. Those, he, was like, he was like, I these happen so often, I'd have just a kit sitting around. Yeah, I... So we have control boards made. Oh, I was going to say, so what mm-hmm. I did is cut the little uh, copper cups that make the contacts. I forged a new little copper cup dimpled it, and then soldered it back to the board, which took probably longer than it would to buy a Trova. Sounds efficient. I mean, it was very efficient. It was like a 29 cent part and took us almost half a summer. (laughs) (laughs) Call Todd next time because he literally had it fixed in like 10 seconds. I know. Well, those those things go out. All the time. All the time. It's like single every, point contact. It just keeps pushing on the same. Yeah, and it just, the cup kind of broke apart and it just failed. Yeah. And I mean, my old man doesn't hardly use that thing. It just was on the boat. He took it off down, down in Texas. I'm not sure how well they do in salt water. I don't as know. long as it doesn't like. It's down there. Get in there. So you do, so at Formula and Props, you do everything. Boat For, Formula, not Formula One. Everyone calls it Formula One, but it is Formula Propeller. I've been watching Formula One on Netflix. Yeah. It's a great miniseries. ADD. Yeah. I mean, it's on track, but... Hey, um, dang it, now I don't remember what I was going to say. You were saying you do propellers. <laughs> you yep. do propellers, rigging, you sell probably boat batteries, all that stuff, right? Yes. Sweet, because I got to buy new boat batteries. 1976. That's when we started. That's a long time ago. I was negative nine. Dan, can you do that math for him? 1976 to negative nine? I don't know. 84? That's, that's 85? That was the bicentennial. It's true. 1976. The formula prop is, you guys have switched around. You So you were, where was your, when your dad started, where was it? Garage. In Maple Grove? Yep. Really? That same house. Okay. Bolts were lined up all the way up and down that hill. That might have been when I was getting dropped nope. off in the bus. No, nope, we no, weren't born by yet. Then? Okay. And then when did you move to that building in uh, uh So we moved from there because the whole boulevard was blocked. No, but I mean, when did you move into that Corcoran building? Is it Corcoran? Oh, are we going to jump four locations? <laughs> Tell your story, Todd. <laughs> Tell your <laughs> damn story. Jesus. Well, I didn't know. Corcoran <laughs> was in 2020. I don't know the right town. The one by Cabela's. Dayton. Okay. 2012. Okay. So where did you go from the garage? To Brooklyn Park. Okay. Well, actually, Crystal, but then it's Brooklyn Park, Crystal. Okay. Then we got eminent domain out of there. What did they turn it into? A pond. (laughs) 
That makes absolute perfect sense. It was. It is the perfect prop shop sense, to, though. Into a pond, like you could add a testing facility. It is perfect because your dad's radio would have got stolen before you could get there and get it picked up. So it worked out pretty well. All right. Um, then we moved to Dayton. And that's where probably most people think of you guys from. Yeah. And we made a, I mean, we did a lot there. We did a lot down in Brooklyn Park. And uh, I don't know. One day we got a phone call from a really good, or I got a phone call from a really good friend of mine. And he asked me, if we've ever thought about selling our building. He said, I sold the property down in the hill there to RDO and we're looking for a place for Ziegler. So we moved to Corcoran. I, I, I liked the location in Dayton. That was a nice spot. It was convenient. Yes. But I Corcoran's love- a little difficult. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say it's not. The, the play with Corcoran, though, when we moved there, the whole plan was, Everybody's life is busy. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you know this because when we first started talking again after high school and what have you was, I think, your trolling motor or your boat, right? Yeah. So our whole motto was, we can go to Corcoran, do this facility, and everybody's life is busy. So instead of bringing your boat to us and it sits outside for two, three weeks, you set up an appointment. And when your day comes, the boat is picked up at your house, brought to Corcoran, the job's done, it's inside, and when it's done, it's brought directly back to the boulevard. It's genius. It's so convenient. So that all worked really well. And then fuel was $5 a gallon, and things weren't quite... As easy, right? I mean, it was just... Yeah, because it was a free service. It's like, we can go down here and we can build this facility and... save a bunch of money on a building and we can go and pick it up because everybody is busy. You just, you don't have time and it's, you know, did you get the boat in for winterization? Nope. I will. Then the weekend comes. Did you get the boat in? Nope. I'll call on Monday. Then Monday comes and now it's Monday night, you Mm -hmm. know, and then it's Tuesday night and then there's sports for kids and activities and Tuesday night. Got to go to Coon Rapids. (laughs) Be there at eight. Got to record. Got to record. So life's busy, and that was our uh, that was our deal. I thought it was absolutely perfect. We would pick it up. Seven County Metro was free pickup, free delivery. We couldn't put it in your driveway. Insurance doesn't cover me once I enter your property, but I can haul to the boulevard. Your homeowners is so if something were to happen, and I didn't want that to be, so we just it was in the boulevard, and it was. That's a, that's a really cool service. I didn't know about that. I should have dropped my boat off a long time ago. Fix my prop. The location that you have is awesome, though. I mean, so you had two locations, technically, right? Do you still have that one in Osseo? Yeah, or we in do. Maple Grove, I the guess. The props are done in Maple Grove. The boats are done in Corcoran. Yeah, the Corcoran spot is it's genius. So it's it, if you drive by it, it looks like a self-storage facility yeah. with really big garages. But I, I assume all of them are businesses, right? Is that what most of them are? All we do is store stuff there. Copy that. So I'll pick up your boat and I'll store it. (laughs) (laughs) And magically it might come back with some stuff. I think there are other people who store stuff there too. There is. And it's, uh, yeah. It's a smart idea. 
it's and it's convenient and it's it's worked out well for me. I mean, it's actually pretty close to where I live, which is helpful. But no, it's a good service, very good service. What do you have to get done? I just need someone to look at my props and tell me I'm not crazy or crazy. I don't care. Well, you said you needed a battery too. I do need two new batteries. I didn't get the trolling time out of my batteries. I think I abuse my trolling motor batteries a little bit more than I should. For the interstates? No. Well, yeah. They, well, I don't know if they're interstates. I don't remember. But uh, when I troll, I troll for like 13 hours straight. Like I'll troll all weekend and I drain them basically to zero. And then I don't use them for the next two weeks, three weeks. And hopefully I remember to charge them and hopefully <laughs> I don't. Um, but yeah, I think I just, they, I mean, they lasted three seasons. I'm. That's about what but I, only I think that's pretty good. For I only get eight, nine hours of trolling out of them now. And before I got 15, 16. So you is it on constant? Yeah, it's just, I troll like 1.6 miles an hour and I troll for the whole weekend. What? You should get a kicker. You know what? I thought about that, but buying batteries every three years, I'm going to have to do that anyways. I guess. Might and as well. I like the Trova because I can get down to, you know, 1.3, 1.4. It's so much easier in my mind, even though I have the kicker mount and everything, auxiliary stuff all set up for it. It's just buying a 10 or 9.9 horse Suzuki is so expensive. Yeah, that's probably not going to change for a bit either. No. No, during COVID, they wanted like 4500 bucks for them. I don't know what they want for them now. It's like a Shero prop. Yeah, I put one of those Cheryl props on my kicker. <laughs> no problem, <laughs> but I'm not buying a kicker. Hell no. <laughs> I uh, thought about buying a kicker a long time. I just mentally I can't do it. That is the last thing I'd put on my boat. I'd have to have everything else to put a kicker on. You don't. You don't fish. I never. Walleyes, I though. would never use it yeah. ever. It would be the worst thing I could put on my boat. I sit in my back jump seat and troll with a cooler of soda next to me. Maluna cooler. Yes, a Maluna cooler. A teal one because I didn't order the right color on the website. Teal's <laughs> a cool color, though. It's a fine color. It is, but it really sticks out because everyone knows that you're the guy with the teal cooler sitting in the back of your jump seat. See, it's a it's a proud lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. And I now put my kids in charge you of the You could be the kid in the, or the guy in the bright orange bass boat. <laughs> it's very <laughs> orange. With Sunboy in the back that's in bright orange <laughs> and two bright orange orange poles up in the air you but have, he likes orange so when power we power poles or raptors what do you have on there uh power poles just do you guys install power poles we install anything um so i've been thinking about getting one power pole totally random reason but it's a I power pole i would get a talon yeah, I know, but i want a power pole for musky fishing oh with the blade yeah the one so you can hook it on a ring and run bucktails at 12 feet of water You want like a black release down there? You can do that on a Raptor. Oh, and I'll do it on one of those. I just is like, your stuff um, networked on? Is all your Hummingbird and Trova Minkota stuff wrapped? No, my uh, Helix Twelve is in a box. I don't think it's networked to anything right now. Gotcha. They work good there. Yeah, they work great. They caught tons of fish with it all winter long, in the box. Smart. I have it hiding up. I north. haven't caught a fish in the winter in like. Eight years. You're probably super busy in the winter. Like, or the no, I have ADD. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go out to like a 130,000 acre lake and drill an eight inch hole and wait. You know that you're the only Iceman podcast. Right I think now. we should take a break because that's not the way I ice fish. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think we should take a break because I got some rigging questions. I've got a project that I need your help with. I'm not saying for people not to go be the ice men. Good. At least you're not opposed to it. <laughs> no. We got a nice okay. otter. But my ADD lodge, lodge in there. is much uh, snowmobiling would, is my gig. You wouldn't want to sit in a big ice castle and just drink beer and watch TV? You know what my love is in the winter? I always loved hockey as a kid. That's true. I remember that. Um, I still love hockey. And I love kids. And if I had enough money, I would give all the kids everything they want. And I love going to the rink and watching the kids. That's awesome. And uh, I love watching them progress. And if I could work from an ice rink and just hear all the noise of the ice rink in the background and... But what if you manicured a rink on a lake and then ice fished? Like with tip ups? <laughs> I just could put just put the holes everywhere they have the the face off circles. Yeah. On the rink. If I <laughs> built <laughs> custom right. if I built custom rods, I'd live on a lake <laughs> for sure. But yeah, do. I just fixed props and they came out GPS and we rig boats and but we have fun. I like it. All right. I got a, a question for you when we come back. I, I want you to help me design uh, uh, a new boat setup. Tom? Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> Haven't heard much from you today. I'm just along for the ride. You're along for the ride. All right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Todd Hesse from Formula Prop. <laughs> Sponsor tuned up custom rods. It is open water just around the corner. Now is your time to get your order in for your custom open water rod, and we're going to have open water on the shelf too. So check out our in stock rod section. Get yourself your open water rod and make sure you use the promo code ICEMAN to save yourself on your purchase. And if you are looking for the best coolers in Minnesota, Maluna is the place to check out. Made in Minnesota, epically cold. Use the code ICEMAN for 15% off in your cooler order. And if you're thinking like me, it's springtime. Freedom Baits has all of your soft plastic needs, hand pour, high quality plastic. Check out all of their newest spring baits at Freedom Baits with a Z, not an S, dot com. Use the code ICEMAN for 10% off in your order. And even though the ice season is on its way out here, it is not too early to start thinking about next year's ice season and your fishing trips. Check out Ice Camp Outfitters for your chance to book the vacation of your lifetime up on Mille Lacs. Check out icecampoutfitters.com. Make sure to use promo code ICEMAN at checkout. 
So I don't know if, if our listeners realize, but we record these commercials live. Yeah. They, they're, and John and I were sitting there going, how long are we going to listen to Corey Wog play the wah before we can start talking? That was a long intro. That was a lot of intro. <laughs> okay. Todd, it's a cool Todd's song, just sitting there. Another thing that, that I like about Todd is Todd is, uh, Todd is uh, he's known me long enough to be like, are we going to do any prep for the show? Or are we just going to start talking? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Most of the guests probably thought that, but uh, no one was, this no one was my, enough to my say that. Prep for the show, it has one note from the show. <laughs> and then it has a coffee-stained piece of paper. His, his note was crossing off Iceman and putting Ice Men. <laughs> <laughs> and cross off the one in Formula One prop. Yep. <laughs> <Whoops>. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I have Formula One on the brain right now. I'll tell you what, though. Formula- what about Ice Men's? Ice Men's? Because like there's plural. more than one? Well, Ice Men is men. plural. Men, men is, is plural. plural. But men's with a Z. Like the Ice Men's department? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll look, we'll look into that. Third floor right. Ice Men's. I have, I have a question for you guys. So thanks. last Saturday, uh-huh. we had to use the downstairs TV, which we lost the Amazon remote for. So we, all, we had to watch real TV, like 5-1, 5-2. That's when you just go to a hotel. Well, it was my... <laughs> Daughter had uh, was feeling not so hot, so she was up in her bedroom when we were kind of playing it by ear. Whether she not she wasn't going to get sick again, but uh, anyways, so I was my wife was upstairs tending to her, and I turned on a show called Sven Gulli. And my okay. my wife has never seen Sven Gulli, never heard of it. She's like, "What are you watching? This weird guy with a goatee?" And she's like, "No one ever has watched this in their lives." <laughs> Have you ever heard of the guy Sven Gulli? I've heard of Sven Gulli. Sven, okay, Sven Gulli. Is, it the, is that the meteorologist on Carol Eleven? <laughs> no, that's Sven Sundgard. Oh. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> Close. But so you've heard of him, right? Yeah, he's, he's a magician, like a con man magician, right? But he's like a he what, like a not, men, like a mentalist. No, this this guy is like a B. He shows B movie horror films on. It used to be on cable TV back in Chicago. Like he's got this like cult following, right? And I watched him a lot when I was a kid. And I don't know. I still watch B movie horror films, but my wife thought I was nuts. So now I have a Sven Gulli T-shirt that I wear that glows in the dark, and she is petrified all the time. She will not let me. All because you lost your Amazon remote. Yes, (laughs) it cost me twenty (laughs) dollars plus a new Amazon. Uh, I mean, the fire stick was probably cheaper than the uh, yes, the, the, the T-shirt. Yeah. Actually, my brother sent me the T-shirt, but because uh, I text him, I'm like, do you remember Sven Gulli? He's like, oh, yeah. Remember this guy. But total ADD topic. But. I spent so much of my time watching YouTube, and I got, like, I think I finished YouTube. You did? And I was like, I need to look at something else. So I checked the next best thing, Netflix. And I've really been enjoying the Formula One show. Like, I don't know if any of you have watched. Have you watched it, Todd? Yes. Well, have I've, you watched it, Tommy? I've watched... Uh, I don't know. Is there a new season out? Because wa- I've watched like two seasons of it. I'm just finishing season two. The fourth season just came out. But I've, it's fascinating. I think Formula One is very interesting in, in the first place. But anyways. Do you so, know what I didn't like about that? Like, I, I know nothing about Formula One racing, but I did not like that the cars get like throttled down so that people can pass them. Like there's like a control in the car behind them where they can throttle down the car in front of them to pass them. That's, that's weird. That's not how it works. So the car in front of the car that's doing the passing has like a boost button. It doesn't make the car in front of you slower. It makes your car slightly faster. Why? It's like they get like, I, it's okay. So this is not, I don't know for sure, but they get like two or three of these boost pushes a race. But that guy, the guy in the front 
doesn't have a boost that he can boost and to keep the guy behind him. Though. He could use it. He, he could, could use it, but I think by the time that you push yours, I think it's too late. It's like hitting the. It's like hitting nitrous or whatever. It's like, it's like on Mario Kart when you get like the the mushroom. It'd be so much better if it was real live Mario Kart and you could throw bananas and crap at yeah. people. But that that is what it is. It's it's like it's like a boost that you are allowed to have like twice a race. So props. <laughs> props. I like that's a smooth transition. Props right? No, that it's comment. not. This is Formula One, but. Props. Okay. Which is formula props. Yes. Because we got the formula. Yeah. I want to see where this is going. <laughs> so do I. So the owner of Precision Propeller, who was the largest stainless steel propeller manufacturer in the world, made turbo propellers. And still like a turbocharger? Nope. Just their brand was okay. turbo. Stiletto was a off brand. He made all of Cabela's props, Suzuki's props, Yamaha's props, some of Mercury's props. They're out of Indianapolis. He came from the world of boat racing. Like offshore? Nope, tunnel boats. Like pickle fork, tunnel boat, Formula One. Sure. Okay. So for the Indianapolis five hundred turbo turbo props or precision propeller would sponsor a car for the Indianapolis 500. So I had a conversation with him one time about it and he said, and I don't know if this is true because I've never driven one, but maybe they said this in that show that the steering ratio on those cars, you literally, when you come into a turn in the 500, you tighten up on one of your shoulders and it's enough to get the car to steer just ever so slightly to come mm. around the bank. And all you're doing is just tightening up one shoulder, kind of like a release in archery when you, you know, now everybody uses a thumb release. It's actually a back tension yeah, where you start to stretch your shoulder blades or pull your shoulder blades together. And it goes off as you tighten up. So well, I, I thought when I was young, that was pretty cool that they just, they like tighten up and they barely push one arm and it will, well, I'm, to steer I'm sure it. it's like super tight because if you ever watch them, they only move the steering wheel like they never went more than vertical with the steering wheel, and they're doing 180 degree turns. Yep. Yeah, it's just it, I would crash instantly. I like my old Ford where I got you know 35, 40 degrees between movement so and no. One movement. thing I thought was super interesting about that show is that all those guys, like the top drivers, started out as go kart racers. Yeah. Yep. There's like a there's like a pathway. When the craziest thing in my opinion, about Formula One is how expensive it is. So there's 10 teams in all of Formula One, and each team has to have two cars. So two full setups. And they're usually mirror images of each other. They're like identical they, they, they cars. But they, the same. but they build their own vehicle. They have to R&D every part of it. So none of it is spec, right? And so the, like the Mercedes team, which is like the biggest one, they employ 1,800 people. For their Formula One team. That's insane. Think about that. Well, I've heard those motors, you have to run them at that RPM range. It's like 19,000 RPM. Or they will seize up. Like they're built that tight, they have to keep in that certain spec. Because I watched on Top Gear, the British one, where the guy Did tried you see to- my dad on Top Gear? No. He wasn't on there. No. <laughs> but he came from the world of racing. Did he? Yeah. But the other crazy thing is you can run 13 
NASCAR teams for the price of one Formula One team. Well, have you ever seen NASCAR? Yeah. They're stock. Those yeah. cars are stock. Yeah. You see straight them drive, the, them, straight drive off the them all over the, all over the Win place. Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's what they used to say. Yeah. That was the phrase. Well, they used to, you have to, you used to have to sell 500 units of that particular car as a stock car. Yeah. In order for it to be. Now legal. those cars are, there's not one part of that stock. Now they're custom. But they're like those, tuned up rods. John, do you want to sponsor a car? You want to sponsor a team this year? We no. can call it custom. I want to. I want to sponsor a dirt track team. That'd I've got. Awesome. A, I've got somebody who's races dirt track. If you want to pay him money, they actually asked me if the podcast would want to sponsor them. Sure, I'll give you fifty cents and two bolos. <laughs> I, like, I won by just the tip. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Good lord, Dot." <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode is no longer family friendly. So that RPM thing. The reason I said that is my dad came from nitromethane drag bikes. Okay. So his motorcycle that he tuned and was the brains behind was the first drag bike to ever go over 150 miles an hour and a quarter mile ever. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, and a nitromethane run. Yeah. Sounds You're literally like laying over the top of a rocket. I, yep. I was going to say a rocket filled with rocket fuel. And there was no oil. The motor was dry. So they would, my dad would put grease zerks throughout the engine and then they got x amount of pumps of grease because back in 1970 the late 60s 70 there wasn't all this super synthetic light oil oh so the oil so couldn't the, even hold on to there what? was no oil it was grease that was in their bike that would they would liquefy the grease into oil just enough to get down and then they'd have to re-grease it every run yep or or rebuild, <laughs> rebuild. Or, or rebuild because or rebuild yeah driving a well, the, in, in 1970, that's crazy fast for and motorcycles. Were not that fast. Correct. They're I've like always, 195 to 200 miles an hour ish now. So if you think about that in 50 years, that's not much improvement. Yeah, considering what I top mean, top fuelers gained in that time frame. No, I've no. never been to a drag drag race. I'd love to. But you can, get a, you can get a street bike that'll do 195 now, but not in a quarter not mile. Not a quarter mile. No, it's most not from can. a dead stop. Yeah, most people can't. It's hard to hang on to that. How far is Brainerd from your parents? Uh, we can hear the races 12 miles, about 12 miles. Can you? We should yeah. go. Top fuelers you can hear. They're cool. So I'll give you a tip I've been. Another tip. Thanks. Yep. Just the tip. You're getting all of them. Go on Friday or Saturday. When they qualify because everyone yes, runs? because then the drivers stay. If they, Sunday when they lose, the driver's gone. And I don't like that. I think they should well, be there for it, it's fans, right? Hundred percent, right? I mean, you're there. You're not there to. You are there to win, right? But yep. you're really there to have your fans support you. And would you're you there till the, the end, pass? right? Would you get a pit pass, or would you just be in the stands? Um, I think it's all pit pass. Oh, really? Yeah, every pass is a pit pass. So you Ooh. buy your ticket and you have to walk through the pits through the trailers. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, and if I was cool. you, like when they fire them up to set timing. The front row will be wide open. I'd just walk right up there if I was you. Sounds like a good idea. No, Get right up no in the earmuffs. Front. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can that, plug your ears. You won't have to worry about. I'm your, sure you're giving me great advice. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Yeah, so wait. my kid did that, right? He's like, the front row is wide open. I'm like, all right, get up there. So I don't, you've probably you haven't been. You've never. Smelled I've heard. Like, I've heard them. I've never been close to them though. So imagine the uh, spiciest horseradish you've ever eaten. Times one hundred, 
I don't like. And that's what your nose and your <laughs> eyes are just. The, it's just you can't. It doesn't smell like so, regular so, gas, eh? No, no, unbelievable. But so your son learned the hard way. He's like, "That's front row. Let's go." I said, "Let's go. <laughs> We're doing it, buddy." <laughs> You're yeah. facing backwards. I love it though. <laughs> when, I, when I was in high school, I used to work medical at the Brainerd Racetrack, but not for the not for the um, drag races. It was for the CRA motorcycle races. Yeah, you were there when some dude. Those died, guys are nuts too. I I didn't, I didn't see anyone die, but I thought you were there for that once. I got to go ride in the ambulance when the guy uh, high ended his bike and went over and dislocated both of his shoulders. That'd be bad. Yeah, it was bad. Was it a white race bike? I don't, I don't remember the bike. I had a buddy that crashed up there. When when we were, you know, by the time we got to him, the bike was nowhere to be found because they separated <coughs> from the bike pretty quick. Is your buddy's name Paul? Uh, it's Ernie. He Oh, he owns that restaurant on Go Lake, right? <laughs> I wish he did. Oh. <laughs> no, he completely annihilated himself racing. Broke, Thanks. like, both of his wrists and arm. And he crashed four weeks to the day after that in Wisconsin because he thought he was healed up and cut his cast off. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't a good driver. <laughs> no, he really liked speed. That was his problem. Yeah, I guess that's a good trait if you're a race bike rider or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he cared about crashing either. All right, Todd, I'm going to change the subject. We're rigging a boat. We're rigging a boat. We're, I'm going to put you on the spot here. This is on the spot interview. Okay, yep. so I've got a, I've got something that I need that I want to do. And I want to know how you think the best way to, to approach this is, knowing that you're going to be doing this work. <laughs> okay. So last year, we installed the, the Humminbird 360 on, on the boat. Yep. And by installed it, I mean you ran the wires so that we've got power and it's run to the Ethernet cable or to the Ethernet box or whatever. So, and then I got the Geiger Tech mount, like, what do, you, what do you call that thing? The base or whatever up in the front? Yep. So I got it. I'm set there. Okay. Now, this year, I got the Mega Live. So we should let people know first what trolling motor you have, too. It's so not on the, an Alltrex. Correct. It's I've on, got the Trova. So it's the Universal 360. Yeah. Yep. yep. The Geiger the Geiger mount, the Geiger Tech Universal 360 mount. Yep. And um, so I've got, now this year, I got the Mega Live. Okay. And I got the Mega Live Ice Bundle. So it came with the Mega Live and it came with the Helix 9 uh, Gen 4. Um, Mega Site Imaging Plus networking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've got some thoughts of what I'd like to do, and I'm I'm wondering if you can tell me if it's possible, or just steer me in the direction you think is the best option. Okay, so here's the first thing: the front unit on my boat is a Helix Eight. It's a Mega Down Imaging, not Side Imaging, but it is a networked image. It is a networked thing. Now, kind of my dream. And I don't know if this is, it might be too big of a unit, is to turn it into a digital dash display. Have you seen those digital dashes? Yeah, or it's like Nemo. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I know that a Helix 7 works there, but I don't know if a Helix 8's too big. But if I ran, if I move that 8 to the dash, cut out the, the analog gauges, and push that guy flush on the dash, then I could run Nema, which I think would be nice to have. And I could run mapping off that. Then I've got the Helix 9 on the console, which is for side imaging. And then I could mount the other Helix 9 on the bow and use that for the live and for the, for the 360. That's my first thought. 
Okay. Carry on. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. All right. You see, well, you're that's option A, right? That's, that's one thought. The other thing is, so using the Geiger mount or Geiger tech mount is convenient in terms of, so I don't mean to interrupt, but please do. Am I supposed to answer option A first or is B like what the other well, idea is? No, B is Dan, not. you're going to have to have 30 batteries in your boat. Well, that's an, that's part of it because we talked about batteries last it's year. It's going to be, I, I do, I want, I want to talk about the battery situation. Cause, that's part of it because okay. I, I, I don't think I have clean power right now. I think I need to upgrade power. We definitely don't have clean power, but that was part of last year is what we were going to yeah, that, see if it works, and if it works, then we could come back. I know we're on a time restraint. And, do you have yeah. dirty power? Is that what it is? I think it's yeah. like it's not it's not enough because my should isolate your power. Out. Well, okay, I mean, so let's hear B. Yep. So before I get to B, my other thought of like one A, okay, or A one, I guess whatever. A one, I had that for steak sauce for A1, my pork we, chops. Yeah, we used to have it all the time because <laughs> apparently my parents couldn't cook steak, and now that I know steak tastes good normally, I never put it on anymore. Oh, I still like A1. Okay, back. I'm sorry. We're back. We had Heinz 57 and A1 because my dad was a 57 guy. <laughs> what about Western dressing on pork chops? That, oh, was, that was good, too. That was a sign of a bad pork chop, but it always tasted good. <laughs> Why uh, do we have ADD? <laughs> no, have you bad. ever put Western dressing in your taco salad? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely winning. All right, so Western dressing with one that uh, big uh, yep. Devil's Tower uh, container. Hey, fun fact. I... Uh, <laughs> Dan, forget about your bud. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk food here. Back in the day, I never knew what Western dressing actually tasted like the the French stuff because my grandma used to refill the bottle and make her own. And then I realized that Western dressing kind of sucked compared to her homemade shit. And I was like completely bummed out. Just ruined everything for you the rest of my life. That's yeah, because my wife's like, "Oh, we'll have Western." I'm like, "This is not Western. This tastes like what grandma used to buy." Episode like, 67. Yeah. What do you mean? Emeril Lagasse will be on, boys. We are really, we're, yeah. we're working this. So 1A. Okay, so. This our, is why we shouldn't have eaten CBD drugs before we did this episode. <laughs> you had drugs here? <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I so, had my Kirkland sparkling lime. Just be careful. They're filled with CBD oil. <laughs> Good Lord, John. You're in, a, you're in your business here. All right, anyways. Okay, we have so, to edit that out. <laughs> we're not editing anything. Tom's off the, off the clock. Okay, so. I didn't love the Geiger Tech mount for the 360 because it was a pain in the ass to always have to deploy it. Okay, so I sent you a, a picture a few weeks ago, but you, it was a picture of a mount by a company called Cornfield Crappie. I sent that to you, John. You remember that? Yes, I, you, I do. It was a very strange text, but I do. So check out this Cornfield Crappie. I'm like, what in the world are you saying? So Cornfield Crappie is a company that makes mounts. It, they're very like, cool. Yeah, and so it's a Tarova mount for a mega 360 so i think that would be slick because then it just goes in the water i don't have to do anything with it and it looked super solid it's made out of a couple of pieces of blue billet aluminum it looked looked like a legit mount it was expensive enough to be legit so what i think i would do is i would have the 360 there and then i would use the geiger tech mount for the mega live i just have to get one of the poles for it that's one that's my complete vision for 1a Yep. So, what do you think? <laughs> He's looking at you like. <laughs> I think for the live, you might like the Geiger Tech. You think? Because yeah, because it's can, not moving all the time. Then yeah, and you can hand control it. It's yeah. kind of going to be like a. Uh, it's kind of be going to be like a poor man's uh, target lock. Tiger lock, yeah. So your target locks, so you'll just find it and then you'll lock it in. You know, kind of. 
you look like a southern bass guy with the big arm and you're kicking it with your leg. And Heck yeah, man. That, that'll be perfect. Okay. Why, so, why do you- so I don't know about, so back to 1A. Yep. The dash. Mm-hmm. I would leave your dash alone. Okay. Why would you do that? Because you want to eventually sell your boat and you don't have a jerry rig like that? Well, I they, don't know if we're going to be able to get all of that in there and then have something that's going to be behind it that might be necessarily cost effective to accomplish what you want. Because you okay. can just buy the Suzuki performance gauge. And, and those gauges are pretty accurate. As much as in the world of digital, we might not think those are accurate. They're still, I forget the number that those gauges are, have to be tuned within. The only thing I would like to see on NEMA that I don't already have is hours and fuel consumption. That's really the only thing I care about. Are you going to change a refresh based off fuel consumption? No, but I've, I go up to I'll Canada. buy you a stopwatch and then a book that you can write down how much gas you put in every day. Thanks, Tom. There way, you go. Way cheaper. <laughs> Though those Suzuki's, the, you, once you get to half a tank. I know that so, it's not necessary. I'm just, this is just a want. We're just so we can once. take any of your helixes and we can run it to the back and we can, and then you can see it. You can incorporate Neem into that. But couldn't, go to that yeah, couldn't you just flip screens, right? Yeah, you go that's, to one of your little, you could even set it as one of your little, your three little. Don't you need a fancy cable and a black box or something? The like NEMA that? hookup looked pretty damn complicated. Yeah, it looked like uh, hydraulics. Looks like something from Star Trek. Yeah, like a lot you get going this, on. It's like the, manifolds and stuff. This little phaser thing, and you got to hook it in your motor. And okay, so I'm not doing the dash. Thank you. That saved me money in that case. So would you then? Okay, so the next thing. So let's get to option B here. So option B is I take. The, the nine that's already on the council and leave that alone. And then I have the eight on the, on the bow. And then I put in another um, ram mount and mount the nine up there on the bow as well. Or I get some sort of dual mount and mount both of them up on the bow. The, the weird reason why I don't love that is because it's an eight and a nine and I think it might look weird. They're the same actual size. Are they? Yeah, the screen, the box is the same. It's just the screen size is different. For the eight and the nine. Okay, so that's not that. That's not that crazy. So that's option B, is to leave the dash alone. Although I would like to have two units in the dash. I think it would be nice to have mapping and, and side imaging. So would you re- recommend me mounting the new nine, up in the de- in the bow where the eight is, or moving the eight to the dash and having the new nine where the eight was. Do you know what I mean? Having two in the dash or two in the bow? Depends if you search in the back. I mean, if you do a lot, of, you know. So I fish from the front, but obviously you I search drive. from the back. When you say search from the back, what do you mean like? How much side imaging are you doing? A fair amount. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't side image from the bow, but that's because my bow unit doesn't have side imaging. No, but you'll side image from the rear. You'll cover more ground. Yeah. And once you find it, you can go back and then fish it. Yeah, I mean, I I motor around a fair amount. I do walleye fish too. Sounds like you need two in the back and two in the front. You need four in the back, five in the front. All right. 
damn it, this is getting expensive again. Okay. So if you had to choose one of the two, would you put two in the bow and one in the front or two in the front and one in the bow? I run a big screen single in the back. Okay. And, and two in the front. Perfect. Okay. That answers that question. So can you fit like a 12 on his dash? Off to the side, you probably could. But like a swing arm mount or something like that. Why? Are you trying to sell me your 12? No, I'm just, I was just curious. I just see that. Because you I, have your dash that's the same size and you want to put a 12 on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Balls a big, out. It's a big unit. Balls out. B-A-L-Z out. There you go. And then they make like a nine inch and I think a twelve inch arm. So you can Oh, get I thought you were just telling me to go balls out. You're no, telling me the it's, product. It's the mount. The but mount I, is balls. You ball. make sure you spell balls. B A L Z out L L C dot com. Yep. If you type in balls <coughs> out, you get something it's very different. Very different. Very different. And now result. my phone is got cryptic <laughs> messages on it, and there's a bunch of. Oh, now your phone's corrupted. <laughs> yeah. Does it have the same music in the background as that intro? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's very bizarre. Just go to www.mountguys.com. <laughs> You can get any of the mounting equipment that you want. That was Formula Props original name. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a real. That's a that's a real website. And it's uh, not, I'm and sure it's, it and is. it's not that dirty. I'm it's sure not as dirty it, as it I'm sounds. Sure it is. No, I, I love recommending that website because I have a. I run a Cisco right now on my dash for my Helix Eight. I have I have two of the RAM mounts, and I don't love the RAM mount. It's a, l- a little bit insecure on the dash, at least. RAM deserves credit, though. I mean, it's it's everybody nice. tries to outdo the RAM mount. Like, right? If someone comes out with a mount, they always are competing, and they're out. Oh well, the RAM, the RAM. You know what I mean? The, and if you think about it, for a ball and socket, the most universal, and they, for what it's worth, they do hold. But I like the RAM on the on the da- on the bow. So I where fold do it you down. you mount these outside the windshield or inside the windshield? Generally, you try to do it behind, but you can't always fit, you know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I don't know. The mountain looks cool. I'll trade you the 12 for a, a 9 straight up. Think about it. Ball's out. I might have just saved you some trouble. Well, uh, if the 12 doesn't fit in his dash and it's the same boat. It's not. He's a 175. Yeah, oh. he's. I, I have a smaller boat. Way bigger boat. Way better choice. Better propped. Better powerhead. It, it is better propped. I will give you that. Better dealer. Yeah, but I can launch on like six inches of water. That's true. I don't. I don't need to. <laughs> I, I, I go to the best I tried that with Sunboy two summers ago. Did it work? Yeah, but loading was. That's a, it's confusing. Loading was a little bit tougher with a, you know. I launched eight year old at the time. <laughs> I launched once on Malax and then it got real rough and I was hitting bottom trying to go back on the trailer. It scared the hell out of me. Don't do that. All right, option C. Yep. So here's sell the, his boat. <laughs> option this is the last option. All right. Okay. The last option is to go as minimal as I can, which would mean don't do anything except for get uh, except for get a, a, a pole, a, a open water pole for the Mega Live, and then just keep my ice bundle. Keep my Helix 9 on an ice bundle and run it off the 18-volt lithium battery that's already in the shuttle. Just have it portable, which I don't think I would want to do for very long. The beauty of that is I could move it between boats. It's not going to take a lot to put that 9 into a boat. So you're saying option C is not the best idea. 
Sounds probably like the easiest. You could do that in your dad's driveway. <laughs> That's the benchmark. Yeah. Like what's the least amount? Dad's driveway. Yeah. Everything else above that. Yeah. I feel like that's a theme song to my life. <laughs> that's that's the title of this podcast. Yeah. In your dad's driveway. Dan just figured out that everything that he does fishing related now can be written, written off on his taxes because of the podcast. So he's like, I want to spend as much money as possible. Look, everything that I do, I try to make sure I share with people. And that's something that, you know, I want to, I'm, I want to get maximum benefit for what I do, Tom. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. We want to thank everybody out there yeah. for the taxes, we, we the tax it. reason. <clears throat> so you I would are, not do C. So you're saying don't do A and don't do C. I would do uh, A one point two. That means I would not in dash and take all your gauge cluster apart and okay. try to retro all of that. Yeah, couldn't you just buy? I would mount one in the back. Well, one's already in the back. I'm not going to put it in the way back. Is that what you no, mean? No, 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 no. So I've already got the nine in the dash. Yep. And then put the new nine up front with the eight. Yep. You're going to want live on its own. Okay. You're not going to want to try to split split screen a 360 and a go back and forth between GPS and live and 360 and. So when I mount the nine up front, would you do like a dual mount or would you just have two rams? Either way. Okay. And then for the cordage, so I would have to have another one of those little through mount things. What is, what is this thing that you had that so the two wires come out of the the wood and it has like a little cover over it? Yep. I'd have to do another one of those, right? Yeah, unless we can fit the ones coming out, the new ones. Because they're not the same cables, right? We just need a power cable. And then, and then the transducer would go to the Ethernet box? Or the live? Transducer goes to the back of the unit. Get split everything get, would get split from your for the live I know, I know that's the, yeah for the 360 that's the split but for the live that transducer goes to yep. the ethernet box so i could see that on all three screens yep okay i'm just gonna bring my boat over to you and have you put in the n-e-m-a whatever. yeah i'd Nima. like to have nemo but it's it is not cheap in the it's look really complicated i thought it was pretty reasonable you just buy the interface cable for your motor the little starter kit and you hook it to back your helix, right? Or do you need a black box and all that shit? No, I, you, it's just, it's, that's all you do. Okay, so it's is more. It it's literally takes that long, too. Is it dad dad's driveway <laughs> easy? I'm going to need some of these uh, gear ties, about 700 of go. them for all yeah. the crap that's going in my. So what about power now? Because last, last year when we were putting the 360 and I was having trouble with my Trova drop and spot lock, and you said you thought it might be power draw. A problem with not enough power going to the to correct, the front of the but boat. those batteries are totally different than the fish finder. What do you mean? Your Trova batteries are their own. Oh, because the finders are pulled to your off your starter, starter or isolated. Okay, so I have a question for you because I have my starting battery, which is not huge, and I'm running a Helix Twelve and a Helix Eight. Is it time to think about a fourth battery? And not have it run off the starting battery? If you want the best from your electronics. I mean, this is honestly, because yep, I'm yep. willing to spend the money on buying another battery because it's starting to get to the point where it's like. Well, it got to the point where electronics are so expensive now 
that there's a couple of things that to me are mandatory. You isolate your power to its own battery, its own on off switch, and you have a shop do it, that that's what they do. I, I probably could think of a pretty decent one that would. Uh... We've been doing it a while. <laughs> I think fish, fish electronics, you, that's pretty nice. Dad's, dri- yeah. Dad's driveway.com. I think he just gave you the death stare right there. That was, it was deserved. And when you get done with that, I got a buddy that we started this deal 20 years ago because I ran out of time trying to explain to people how to use their stuff. There's a gentleman by the name of Tim Winterhalter. You know, when I get done putting your Johnson Outdoors products in your boat, you get a hold of Tim and he brings you a body of water of your choice or one that's, he lives, you know, in the Metro here. And he brings you out for a very small fee of what you have invested. And when you leave, you know, everything, you know, way more than you could probably, than you will remember. Well, and see, I think a lot of people, I mean, no offense to anybody who's listening or even... He was looking right at me when he said that. Well, the, the, the only I mean, that wasn't, this is directed at me, listeners. But, well, no, it's everybody. No, I think it starts like you, with a cell phone. We all, Every one of us, I'm looking at four cell phones on a table. I'm looking at two computers, and we don't use them for nearly what they could be used for. No, my kid had to teach me how to unblock a user or a contact on my phone. I'm out of memory, and I'm trying to figure out how to get my photos on a computer like other people, and I'm like, this is my computer, but they want me to buy memory. I can't get my Google Drive pictures on my iCloud, and I don't even know what the hell it means. So what you do is you give Tim Winterhalter a couple hundred bucks, and you go out, and now you know how to do that. And if that isn't worth knowing when you've just put two, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 worth of electronics, to me, that's the... That's the second biggest key to the whole puzzle. And the first one is a shop that knows what they're doing and they do it the right way. So now if you put another, you know, battery in your boat, you should probably have an onboard charger and a three bank charger. So then you're charging your two trolling motor batteries plus your electronics battery. Correct. The hell would I put another battery in my boat? So you, how am I going to get any? I'm not going to have no would tackle. Would you disconnect storage. the starting battery from the three bank charger because it already has the? You don't need tackle. You're just out searching for fish now. No, 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 I don't even have my starting battery on my bank charger. Is that how you would run it? You take the starting battery off the three bank charger. We buy you a single bank or a four bank charger, or now that's why Minkota has a five bank. I need so a twenty what, bank. What, I mean, I, I can't even remember what comes with my boat. I assume that. <laughs> I assume well, the one that comes. I'm with my starting to freak out bank. because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose uh, could be. tackle storage. It would it could you fit another 24 series starting battery or would you run it off a deep cycle battery for the you'd run it off of a 27 or 31 deep cycle or starting deep cycle. Okay, so you'd have three deep cycle batteries and a cranky battery. Correct. Why can't I just put in 40 uh, 10 amp hour lithium batteries and then hook them? Well, that's so, what people are doing. They're buying one giant lithium. Problem is when one giant lithium goes down, the whole system's down. down. This is like over my thinking. So when you were talking right to now. me last year about power choice, upgrading power, you were talking about adding a battery, or were you talking about cabling, or both? Was the cabling legit? No. <laughs> Great. Okay. 
Is that because that's the standard cabling that comes on a boat or because of the way Correct. it was initially rigged? No, that's just the way that they come in the boat. I am. So unless you specify to the dealer that this is what you're looking for. Because I have two. It's not that they're not rigging it properly because the power's there from the boat manufacturer and that's how they're doing it. But there is a better way. Because mine doesn't even have a switch. I just have a master power switch on my dash, but I don't have like a turn on and off switch like I used to on the Bayliner, like a master power shutoff. Yep. Well, this is fascinating, and this is why I guess people should really start looking early. Would you run your the third battery, the the electronics battery, in the back by the starting battery, or yep. would you try to cram it by the trolling motor batteries? Sometimes where it fits. And you would get creative with that, I assume. I have a little starting battery, though. I think I have like a, is there a 24? Yeah. Yeah, then I have a 24. I think I could start mine off with two watch batteries, though. So let's just talk nuts and bolts. My then. watch charges. I know, so does mine. Everything in my world charges. I swear <laughs> to God, I have a battery on me all the time. This conversation is exciting, but it also has me a little bit nervous about... That's why you bring it to formula props to yeah have exactly fix. i mean i'm not gonna do this shit i can't i definitely can't do this this I is above my I, I couldn't even figure out how to convert metric wire into awg wire you watched me try to plug no, in no. a mega 360 one time i struggled i had some metric wire and i needed awg wire and i had to look it up in the interwebs actually my kid had to look it up because i couldn't read the freaking wire well you were on the black web yeah yep. you had to close that and yeah you gotta yep. close that down i had so many spam messages yeah, you're on the wrong sites, man. Okay, sorry. ADD kicking in again. So, can you tour this shop? Do you do tours? Yeah, absolutely. It's wide open, open to the yeah. public. This place is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know what to say. That's great. That's yeah. great. It is. I think it's super cool. It's a nice place. It it's is. A nice joint. We build a lot of fishing rods here. There's a lot of them out there. Turn it. <laughs> There's a lot of fishing Dry. rods. There's a, there's a, a pickup for a lot of open water rods tomorrow This morning. is the downtime, too. You should have been here in January oh, or December. Yeah, or now it's November. like kind of man. It's like I, I we caught our breath, and I'm actually terrified of the next two yeah, weeks. Don't ever catch your breath, John. That's that. when you have to run faster. Okay, last so last little bit. Sorry. Of I, no, no, no. I love, I love it. I'm loving it. And the door is closed. I just remembered that from the break, how cool it was out there. Yeah. I like that stuff. It's legit. You can learn a lot. You should. When we're done, we'll walk you through the whole deal. John will walk you through. Yeah, we built this. I'll look here. on my phone. Um, <laughs> so the season's coming, right? How long does something like this take to get done? Am I already behind? No. Like, my boat's in storage. You are freaking out right now. I'm not freaking out. I want to be prepared. So I'm not I, one to blame everything on COVID, but COVID changed a lot. And pre-COVID, I would say right now, we have the sports shows are going on all over. Uh, it's the time. You know, boat shows are the time when a lot of people would go out and they would learn and find out the new stuff that's coming out. Sports shows is where you pull the trigger. You get your name on a list. You get the product. You bring boats in. Uh, that happens this week for Minneapolis. Yeah, Northwest Sports Show, right? The big. Are yep. you guys down there? Or? Uh, not this year. Okay. So I would get to a retailer. You know I'm going to Utah. Yep. 
but I would get to a retailer. I would get the product in your hand, get a hold of me when the product's in your hand, and then we make it happen. When you say product in your hand, does that include batteries and cables? No. Okay. Because I've got all this stuff. I know what you have. Yeah. You're just giving general Listeners. advice. Okay. Okay. If they're, if they're like, oh, I want to get a, you know, I want a new Helix 10 installed in the back and I want to put a, you know, you don't Altera or an Alt yeah. whatever, Minn Kota trolling motor in the front, get the product in your hand and then we can. Because you're not a Minn Kota or Humminbird retailer, right? You We are, but, you know, your Joe Sporting Goods. Their product's coming in constantly. You can go over to Joe Sporting Goods, talk to the guys over there. You're it's easier get, to get now than it has been, that's it for is. sure. It is. And for, a while, it. for a while there, it was impossible to get in. It's for anything. And, it, you know, it's tough when everything is uh, put together here in America. It's, you know, it's, uh, so it's my, hard. You're dependent on a lot of parts. My plan is to pull the boat out of storage on March 24th. Oh, you're way behind. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. Wait till September. Option <laughs> D. Let's yeah. talk about this in the fall, and then you can put your boat in storage, and then next March we'll speak. Well, I'm gonna, I want to get have plenty of time. Because we're pulling it out of storage, and then we're immediately going out of town for a week. So I'm going to have to make an appointment with you. But you've done fine with it this long. Going out of town for that one week will be fine. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping maybe that, that week it would work for... If it works to get We're it, off to June twelfth. We got every day for three months this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I, I think it's gonna be really neat. And I want so my goal for it is for it to all be hooked up right and for it just to work. That's all I want. I want it to be hooked up and I want it to work. And we got you covered. If that costs more money, I'm happy to pay it. Because I know that the way that it is right now, it it's it's fine, but I keep adding stuff to it, and the more stuff I add to it, the more the more I'm exposing the inadequacies of the previous installation, and I want it to work right. I'm now my brain is spinning because I'm thinking I got to put a fourth battery in my boat, which I should probably put a fifth battery in there. You probably need to, but then I'm like, I lose my jerk bait tackle storage spot just have a little rubber dinghy that you tow behind you with all your yeah, baits we already talked about that i know well my wife there you was go. The the otter right there. That's, that's your bait boat it's not a after drilling 75 holes in the thing though for the a lot of epoxy out there we could just fill you it with epoxy. epoxy that's not yeah. it's got the high facts kit on it too yeah well i have a if you looked at the bottom of that it was pretty rough you should have seen the shell that was also oh, that's the i thought that was the bimini top for your boat oh no that, that's that's the otter do you yeah. need a bimini top i got a spare for my bay liner is it orange <laughs> no it can be it could orange, be orange. <laughs> can spray, paint it. spray paint it. <laughs> put rush orders tape on there so, so okay and, and, and now I'm, so uh, john you should get your boat in on the 23rd of march there's an opening right before dan does <laughs> No, I'm serious. This, this, the second battery, like for the electronics would make sense. Cause I get some weird interference once in a while. And I had an issue and it was terrifying. I turned my starting bo boat battery on my graph shut off and I was on a lake that was full of rocks and I was on the opposite end of the lake that I should have been. That used to happen every time I turned the mail on it would turn off the helix. Well, I assume it's cause your, your starting battery doesn't have enough juice to, try to turn all these things on now 
I had and mine was because it went through the master power cutoff, so I had to reroute it around the master power cutoff, oh. which I'm sure wasn't correct. All right. Well, I'm just I am actually just going to bring this down to the cities and just be like you guys just So the 24th you're going to have to drop that off at Corcoran on your own. That's Tw- fine. 23rd. Are I'm going to I'm going to be at the Classic. Are you going to the Classic? Bringing Sunboy to the Classic. Oh, I so want to see that sometime. Yeah. Mike, who's your guy? I got a guy. Who's your guy? My guy is fighter. I would think that that would be the case for most people here. He's um, a hometown hero. and he, I like fighter a lot. Yeah. Fighter is my, he's my guy. He's been um, struggling this year, though. He hasn't had a couple good tournaments. <laughs> but, hey. Listen. It's fishing. Listen. We go in the Bassmasters Classic. And we're in the Classic next year because we won it this year. We don't worry about them first two tournaments. So. Yeah, exactly. We got front row seats. We're gonna go watch them weigh in uh, three days, and they're all gonna be bigs. And do you have a connection to him? Have you met a guy? Met the guy? Yeah, we grew up together. And how did you grow up together? Your dad? Yeah. So his dad fished with Graphic Finishing right next door here. Sure. Olsby's. Yeah, Tim Olsby. I know him. So Tim Olsby and his son and my son and I are gonna drive down to the classic. Why is this such a small world? I've known Tim for since '05. Does he call you Jim? No. <laughs> is that his thing? He calls everyone Jim? Everyone is Jim. Maybe Just he's... like the Italians, right? Everyone's Jim. Who did yeah. it? Jim. Maybe Where's he, Jim? He does. <laughs> They're all Jim. <laughs> no, That's Fighter's awesome. my guy. I don't, I don't know. We grew up together and... Seems like a legit dude. I have some other... You know, there's there's plenty of them, you know? And, and to me, if you're a decent person, you're my guy. Yeah. If you're not a decent person, you're not my guy. And... That guy for me is the one when you're at the Northwest Sports Show and you're talking to somebody and he stops everything to get a picture with a young kid that looks up to the stash and the mullet and the llama. You know, I'd like to meet him sometime. He seems like a legit good, legit guy, real down to earth. Yep. Maybe episode 63, we can have you and him on together. My guy's Scott Martin. I like Scott. I have no connection with him other than his YouTube channel. We'll but, talk about that off air. Oh, don't tell me that. Tell All right, me. we won't say anything. <laughs> no, you say it. What, you think Scott Martin's listening to this shit? You don't like Scott? Controversy. He, yeah. he, he just said off air, Dan. That's fair, I guess. We don't want to talk bad about anybody. Hey, well, I hope it's not bad about Scott Martin, because I like Scott Martin. <laughs> He's my guy. Dang it. <laughs> you ruined my dreams. Well, maybe you're going to tell me good things about him off air. Who knows? Maybe that's how this works. How about the dudes that just won? The most recent tournaments? Yeah. How do you finish the rest of your career? First derb you ever fish in the big series, you win. The second derb you fish, you win. It's a pretty good start. It's a pretty good start. Pretty good start. Yeah, there's no way to go but down. (laughs) (laughs) Or just keep winning. Oh, you could. You could. It's always possible. All right. I think we've exhausted Todd's knowledge. Or probably not his knowledge, but his uh, patience. No, but we, I mean... Thank you. So option 1C, stamp it, lock it in. Option 1C, we're going to isolate your power, and we're going to uh, we're gonna get you dialed in. I'm loving it. I can't wait. It's going to be super legit. It'll be great next year. And I know that you fish out of the front, so we're going to separate. We're going to have two units in the front and one in the back, and we're going to search with the back one and split it with searching and GPS. And I love it. We're going to have uh, a lot of content coming out of that boat, hopefully. It's going to be fun. 
It's going to be Maybe fun. We'll have that up on Gull Lake this year, John, for our Minnesota Teen Challenge Fishing Tournament. Absolutely. I'm excited. Oh, you guys that. are going up there? Yeah. Yep. Do you do that? You so I did it. in the past. Um, we did it last year. It was awesome. My buddy does the all of the fundraising and is a big part of the board and whatever uh, the Mankato one. Sure. Teen Challenge is amazing. I it think is. It's a great, a great organization. I like it. There's a few things I would like to change with it. Um, but listen, I think, you know, everybody would like to change a lot of things about everybody else. I just, I feel like the, the men and women should be more, um, there's gotta be a way to get them involved, right? Fishing isn't just something right now that you just go and show up and start. It's extremely expensive and if we're trying to do a teen challenge tournament to try to get people to find um, an avenue to yeah find an avenue uh, through to, the outdoors yeah we need to have a structure to get these men and women down that path of avenues and these men and women instead of standing on shore and speaking the night before need to be in our boats. Well, that's what the Daniel Drevnik tournament used to do. We used to take out vets and you'd fish the first day, your pre-fish day with a vet. And then tournament day, you'd fish alone. But it was really cool because then, like, we used to take a a couple out every year. And it was awesome just to hear their story and why they, you know, why they're there and stuff like that. But it was really cool because they got to, like, disconnect from their world and go and fish and enjoy it. But yep. then you got to pre-fish with what I thought was an advantage. We always took the couple because then I'd have four people cast in four different baits. <laughs> Not for their story, just for the No, but I'm saying, but I'm saying there was an advantage so that people were like, oh, why do I have to take, you know, I don't want to take it. But I'm like, hey, you utilize it, right? Yeah. I think that's a great idea, though, Todd, to have them be part of the fishing itself. And I think we need to get these kids involved. There's a young boy in my town that his... I met him through lacrosse and his dream was to get on the ice with the other boys and girls. And we made that happen this year. And this kid lives at the dam and that's all he does is fish. And it shows up to lacrosse half the time because he forgets what time it is. Cause he's fishing. <laughs> that's awesome. And he doesn't have the opportunities that some of us may have. And I think there's, he's not the only one. And I, I just, I think there's needs to be, more but that's what what are we on that's why I episode 68 <laughs> this is good stuff that's why I, I do a, a, te- a kids fishing clinic in my school take the kids fishing it's we great. used to do that my dad was the one that got that all really kicked off with uh kyle meyer's mom yeah it's great i love it you should if, if you're interested i mean that uh teen challenge tournament anyone who's interested in fishing at the teen challenge tournament was I, I thought it was almost a life-changing experience. Last year was John and I's first time doing it, and it was powerful, powerful What stuff. was more powerful is there was a couple of people that reached out to me afterwards. Um, and la- last year I lost a friend due to substance abuse. And one of the moms of the gr- group of friends that I was with, she was like, thank you for supporting this. My son is in this. And he was a ch- childhood friend that grew up for I don't know, most of my life with and, you know, disconnected the last 10 years. But then hearing that, like I was doing good and it, mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty wild. We knew people from high school that went through teen challenge. Yeah. It ju- you just don't, people don't talk about it. It's not something they're like, Hey, I went through this. It's usually they kind of, it's a personal issue. So yeah. Thursday evenings 
Rod tying Cooner Rapids. Let's do it. it. Be like the new AA. Get a lot of rods tied. Work the tip, boys. We, we might have to get rid of the beer, though. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have that on site. Kirkland right. Sparkling Water. Todd, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. So if you guys are in the market or if you're interested, check out Formula Propeller. It's FormulaPropeller.com, right? Or FormulaPropeller.com. Yep. FormulaPropeller.com. Yep. And TC Winter Services, if you're yep. still looking to plow, we got snow coming. <sighs> Great. One, yeah, one we're more. your anti-icing and de-icing kings. Yeah. Todd's all about it. Yeah. John? Dan, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, fellas. All right, everyone, have a good night. I am an ice man. <laughs>